We're back, episode 40 of the Serve Up podcast. We're recording a massive six months and one day after episode 39. Actually, probably not our longest hiatus. Look, life gets in the way, but um, it was just days. Episode 39 was just days before the start of the 21-22 regular season. And just like in episode 39, I have the inimitable William Egerton Darling, a.k.a. Mr. Wilbo Baggins, with us on this historic pod. Say hello, Will. Hello, uh, Joe. How's it going? Very well, mate. And yourself? Yeah, yeah. All good. Just enjoying nice Easter weekend and yes, start the playoffs. Awesome. Yes, exactly. Beat me to it. Um, I also have the Serve Up co-founder, Mr. Alex Norman. It's a three-man weave again. Everyone's favourite pod. How are you doing, Al? Very well, mate. Very well. Good man. Uh, gents, so much has happened in the amazing world of NBA basketball since episode 39. It tends to when you take a six-month break. Um, and we're going to discuss all of it in this episode, which I am dubbing the accountability pod. So we're going to look back at week 39. We don't shy away from our failures nor our successes um, in our predictions. And obviously back in um, October... There was a lot to say about this full 82-game season. It was only 72 the season before. Then we had the COVID disruption. So it's been a weird few years for everyone, but certainly um, in in the basketball world as well. But this could be the strongest draft class in recent memory. We've seen, you know, Cade Cunningham's and Jalen Green's, etc. And I think we've got what's going to be the best playoffs ahead of us. I watched Nets-Bucks last night, game one amazing basketball last night um so let's give the people what they want we'll have a quick update of the eight playoff matchups all of them are one game in in today which is the 18th of april um then we'll look back at our thoughts comments predictions from episode 39 work out where we nailed it worked out work out where we were oh so wrong um and then wrap up the pod with uh our playoff bracket bracket predictions which are all on our instagram instagram forward slash the server we're obviously on spotify all your favorite podcast um platforms and then we've got facebook and twitter as well if you fancy it um so championship picks are coming up as well but uh before we go any further i do want to dedicate our 40th episode to our friend tom ducat white who passed away in march tom was a dear friend of ours an avid basketball fan taken far too soon and we're going to miss him um, very much. His fantasy NBA team, the Wood Green Largos, were a juggernaut over the past five uh, or six years in our fantasy league, the Rondo Basketball Association. We will always give that league a shout out. Um, and, you know, Tom's energy is fun, his banter, you know, in, in our league's irreplaceable. And um, But this is, of course, the league um, that Will Darling has won in back-to-back years. If I only your beloved Rockets had been as successful, Will, in, in the real league, right? Ouch! Ouch! Do you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade a, an RBA title for a Rockets title. Nah, I'm, I'm happy with my success. Thanks very much. It's very impressive, mate. It is, and it didn't. It wasn't all rosy for you. Um, you know, halfway through the season, I'm sure I read a WhatsApp from you at a moment of frustration, where it's like, if I don't win this week, I am packing it in. And then you had an absolute stormer. One thing I would like to see, because you guys remember from episode 39, is uh, Al played judge, jury, and executioner on kind of my fantasy team. Um, the serve up or serving you up versus Will's um, the Tillman's frittatas. Um, so, Will, can you give us your, your final 15-man roster? Just so Alex, who gave this season a miss, can hear what a championship fantasy roster actually sounds like. Do you have your 15-man winning team? 
Uh, yeah, I do actually. Um, since since I would asked. love to hear them. So uh, I've got Kyle Lowry, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Porter Jr., who was playoffs MVP, uh, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Malik Monk, Damian Jones, Pascal Siakam, who is now not Lemon and Herb anymore. He's now moved up to Mild. Uh, okay, Mild Jay- Heat P. Mild Heat P. Yeah, Jalen Horde was a little late season booster. Reggie Jackson, Stephen Adams. Kristaps Porzingis, Russell Westbrook, Brandon Ingram, and Malcolm Brogdon, although he was injured, so he didn't do much for me. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on that juggernaut team? He's got a lot of stat stuffers, like a lot of people that put up meaningless points and rebounds by the sounds of it, which is perfect for fantasy. Oh, yeah. Uh, But it's a pretty star-studded lineup at the same time. Um, it is, isn't it? I was surprised he just kept reeling off like names when Durant came up. I was like... I well, someone goes, someone dropped Porzingis for no reason, so I picked him up for free. I, I don't know who dropped him or why, but I got that as a freebie. And then I had Edwards as my keeper from the 15th round, so it just sort of... Yeah, yeah. You had, and you, some of those guys have done really well this year. Some of them have really performed. So yeah. uh, it's a nice little roster there, mate. You want to keep, who are you keeping, oddly enough, for next season, if you decided? <laughs> I think it might be Siakam because I got him in the fifth round, depending on what Toronto do. But, you know, he he was like 19th total points, even though he missed like the first three weeks. Yeah, the first three months, more more like that. He was out for ages. Yeah, uh, so um, it might be him. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll savour the title and then I'll think about that in a bit. Heck of a year for you, though. Well, do you remember the turning point? What was the turning point? Because you had a bit of a middling season and all of a sudden it was like, oh, God, Will's back. No, I was I was nailing it. I was the top point scorer, but just everybody else was having like their best season, best week of the season against me every week. So even though I was top point scorer overall, I had a record of like two and six, which statistically makes no sense. But there you go. It evened out in the end, basically. Yeah. 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 That that final week. Your final week wasn't even close, was it? You you took out our commissioner, Mr. Tom Corb. I got two, three hundred points in a final. He, to be fair, you know, he he was very injured. You know, it wasn't. Ah. It was. We were robbed of a good contest. Let's just leave it at that. Fair enough. Um, well, look, uh, this is the accountability pod. Uh, last time we spoke, Will, you were going into your first week back in the office. You know, the COVID disruption was never ending. This was October 2021. Um, Al, you took some heat at the top of the pod for for making me pick Marvin Bagley. But um, you also helped me. Will, uh, you know this. Al helps me every single year, whether he's taking part or not. Help me pick some amazing picks, particularly in the Bridges brothers, although there's no relation Miles and Mikel. And Desmond Bain, um, who has just been an absolute re- revelation. Um, the Lakers had gone Norton six in the preseason, and we'd said that they were old. Al said it would take him a while. They had serious injury concerns. Uh, he mentioned their schedule got a lot harder in the second half, which was all you know, brilliant insight, Al. And you also said uh, you weren't sure that... Um, GM Bron was the best Bron. Now, whether you had a crystal ball or what, Al, I mean, other yeah. than, you know, predicting the injuries to AD, although I even think you said, you know, he, he is a bit of an injury concern. Um, how chuffed are you with your Lakers prediction, Al? Oh, massively. Um, I actually didn't think they'd be anywhere near this bad. Like, you know, I think we went through it. I was thinking they might be fifth or sixth, but they've been mm. even more injured than I could have imagined. And Westbrook was even worse than we could have thought. And everyone else <laughs> is even worse, basically. 
And the schedule yeah. just turned on them. As we said, it was going to get harder and harder for them. And the last 20 games, I mean, they barely won a thing, did they, to be honest? I think they won three or four of the last 20. Um, uh, they went two and eight, two and eight in their last 10, which was a two game winning streak, but they'd already been eliminated. They finished with 33 wins, 49 losses. I think the previous 10 was also one and nine. So they went three and 20, I think, in their last 23 or something like that. Crazy. Yeah, post-All-Star break, I think it took them, I think it was three weeks before they were able to win a game without LeBron scoring 50. Yeah, that's right, I've seen that. Yeah, they were just, they were just terrible. Another, another good insight from Al back in October was that they had 300,000 minutes on their starting five, um, which was the you know, the, the most by a country mile uh, to second and we'll, and to expect, you know, DNPs. We also said that, you know, losing Montrezl Harrell, who I thought had, has had a great season, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, they should have got Buddy Heald. Um, so, you know, what what a forgettable season for the Lakers, I think, overall. I'm not too devastated about it. Um, you know, no. Al will. No, it's, it was an entertaining story. Oh, line, wasn't fan- it? fantastic. Great time. Yeah. I'd actually say it makes the league better when they're terrible because um, they have an unfair advantage of being able to attract star players. And if they can't put a team together that's even half decent, well, it just shows what a complete train wreck they are, quite frankly. Um, Yeah. There was uh, a moment that I'll never forget from last season's playoffs, which is when a Jazz and a Suns fan got into an altercation and the Suns fan definitely came up on top. And while he was clutching his beer and throwing punches, he, he famously said Suns in four. Um, are we going to get a Suns in four moment the, these playoffs? Are you guys, the world was a bit mental, wasn't it, at the last playoffs? I think we all had all a lot of pent up energy. No one knew how to conduct themselves in in like group environments. But, you know, the playoffs feel back. As I said, I watched Bucks Nets. It was so, um, sorry, but um, Nets Celtics. And the TD Garden was so loud last night. You know, my, my girlfriend was falling asleep on the couch. Sorry, actually, fiance. Uh, I might as well slide that in, gents. I, I uh, did just get back from South Congrats. Africa. Where I proposed. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, she was she was falling asleep on the uh, sofa and it was just so loud in there. Um, are we going to get some crazy moments, you know, more than, have, you know, Pat Beverly with some F-bomb? Have we had one in that game? It wasn't Kyrie giving someone the middle finger from like one yard away. Yes, yes, yes he was. was. It was yeah, the most blatant well, middle finger you've ever seen. It was like a six-year-old's middle finger. It was like... Didn't he he spit spit on the Boston logo or stamp his foot or something? He really, there's no love lost there between Boston and Oh, not at all. Yeah, not at all. I think um, it's going to be a really entertaining series because there's a lot of hatred between these two teams. Um, Genuine hatred. Genuine hatred, yeah. Um, Al, you said, actually, before I go any further, um, looking at um, episode 39, I do want to talk about um, the game ones because we're at a really nice spot, actually. It's uh, a bank holiday Monday today, a very nice sunny one in the UK. Um, and we've had one game from all eight series, which is just just a really nice place to kind of take stock because you never really know how these matchups are going to go. Arguably the most predictable one, um, I think. I think I only had one sweep, which was Bucks Bulls, um, but I won't start there. I'm going to go to Will. Um, Will, can we just have one minute on game one between the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks um, for you, which the Heat ended up winning? Okay, yeah, sure. Um... Well, I think I mean this game came down to two things. I mean, Clint Capella's out. Uh, we don't know for how long yet, um, and you know that's huge. That's a huge loss for Atlanta. They've got they don't really have any sort of 
sort of rim protection without him. Um, and then Trey Young just absolutely stunk it up. Um, just oh, it's just a, it was an awful game watching it. Complete train wreck. I think you know he did so much in the playoffs last year, and in the playing playing games this year. I expected him to carry it over, um, but he was lost. Atlanta completely lost without him on form. Um, so when I was doing my bracket, you know, I did it before the play-in, even, um, and I had Atlanta beating Miami in this series. Uh, assuming Clint Capella was, you know, he wasn't injured at that point. But this is going to be a sweep if Game One is anything to go by. It was, it was ugly, really that's ugly. A bold, that's a bold shout. Al, what was your prediction for this? Because I have Heat winning four-two before Game Dang. One. I'm a bit shocked that. Oh, you had four-two. Are you a bit yeah. shocked that um, Will, you know, basketball genius, picked the Hawks to win this one? A little bit. Like I could see them doing stuff. They were so good in the playoffs last year. Um, it's just generally this year they haven't been quite as good. Um, yeah, and this Miami team is quite strong. Remember, they are the one, the number one seed, so it's very rare that a one seed will lose to an eight seed. Um, I mean, there's only there's only ten games difference in their record, mind. You know, it's yeah, not. And like, and obviously, you know, without Capella, so they they put they took Collins out and they started a Kongwu and Gallinari. I think they were trying to sort of get that balance of 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 defense in there. Um, you know, it's obviously especially with Bam being you know such a sort of focal point of of Miami's offense. The, the, um, the problem is, is that Trey Young has to be brilliant in every game. Yeah, he has yeah. to be brilliant in four games, and, yeah. and at least four. Yeah, um, and whether he can stand stand up to that over the case course of the series, I don't think so. To be honest, but we'll see. I mean, without so, Capella, no chance. Not at and, all. And will Trey's Trey's offensive woes putting that down to just an off game, which just happens to everyone. The superstars, it really happens two games in a row. Um, we talked a bit more about Kevin Durant last night. But um, do you think uh, if this was down to good D or did Trey just have an off night? I mean, it's a bit of both. I mean, obviously, you've got to remember, you know, think about, you know, Miami's, you know, backcourt. You've got Kyle Lowry in there, who's still an excellent defender. You've got PJ Tucker, who's just going to run around, you know, get in the way, sort of, you know, you know intercept runs, sort of, excellent screens it was he just he was running around a bit like a headless chicken trying you know he was trying to sort of vary what he was doing to create offense but Miami had a game plan um and it, and it worked to a T and coupled that with obviously just some poor shooting because you know there were some open looks in there but yeah it wasn't my, good. My, yeah. Miami also had really hot shooting in that game so that'll probably come back down as well so it might seem like it was a bit of a thrash yeah Duncan Robinson was like yeah. nine of ten from three or something like that. Yeah, some crazy shooting from Miami to win that game as well. So it could even out a little bit going forward. Yeah. Some key stats from that game. The final score was 115-91 to Miami. Miami were, of course, at home, uh, being the number one seed, the quietest number one seed um, I can think of in recent memory. Um, Trey Young, 28 minutes, one of 12 from the field, naught of seven. He had a donut from threes, uh, six of seven from the free throw line, six turnovers, a line matched only in futility from Miami, probably from Tyler Harrow. 23 minutes, three of 11. Again, another donut, naught of four from threes, and five turnovers um but yeah the stars of this show were butler adebayo and lowry all are you know plus 27 um each so um heck of a game um you know do we uh, do we all think miami are coming out of this with the win i i think four two even my original prediction might be a bit generous um but can you know if trey young can not go one for 12 from the field um maybe we could see atlanta steal a few al what do you reckon yeah i think they'll get one or two 
Um, I can see Trey Young having a 50-point game in this series. Um, nice. Bold. One. Probably, we like the bold predictions. Mm. He'll probably have one where he just apps, everything drops. Um, and he'll take, what, 30 shots a game. So he'll probably get 50 at some point. Um, but he'll probably go <laughs> down fighting, yeah, 4-1 or 4-2. Yeah, surprised he only took 12. Will, what about you? Yeah, I mean, w- without Capella, like, they're, they're not winning this series. Um, four, I think 4-2 would be generous. I think four, But I also don't think it's going to be a sweep. Because, yeah, I think Al's nailed it. Trey's going to have one just monumental game. So, yeah, 4-1. Four, four, Nice. We'll move on to Celtics Nets, which I watched for free on Sky Sports Live. Shout out Sky Sports on YouTube. Whether you're a Sky um, subscriber or not, you can watch some games I found on Sunday nights. And of course, we had a bank holiday here in the UK. So it's one of those rare situations where I could watch a whole live feed start to finish without staying up till two o'clock in the morning, which I absolutely love. Boston, of course, take the win 115 to 114, um, despite Kyrie Irving. Wow. Like seeing Kyrie last night was just, I can't tell you how much I flip-flopped in this game, gents. First quarter, you know, monumental number of fouls. It was a record-breaking number of fouls for any NBA game this season. So we're talking 450-odd games. Um, Everyone had four fouls after the first quarter, seemingly. Um, It was There wasn't more than one or two points in it. Um, Never saw Durant get going. Um, Then Brooklyn had, you know, sort of a five- to seven-point lead for a lot of the first, second quarters. End of the third quarter, suddenly Boston really found their groove behind Marcus Smart, who just looked amazing. And, um, you know, we we talked a lot about Boston in episode 39, and Al was saying Jason Tatum has got to get to the ring and he's got to pass better. He was being really, really aggressive, um, which I thought was great. Really well coached from both sides. Steve Nash was so into this game. Um, I went with Boston uh, for my prediction um, to – sorry, I went with Celtics to take this 4-3. I think this is going 7. I thought it – I thought it before game one, and I think it now. Add on ESPN as I look at this box score. Um, so, yes, I thought it was an absolutely amazing game, and uh, I really think it's going seven. I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be nine of 24 with only four rebounds and three assists. They also played in 41 minutes. I don't think Brooklyn are ever going to win a blowout game in this season, in this series, or perhaps this whole playoffs, because the defense is just terrible. Um, but when you've got Kyrie and Kevin Durant, who Kevin just seems to be able to just go into any jumper from anywhere, contested anywhere, and I assume it's going to go in, and mm. Kyrie just couldn't miss. 12 of 20, five rebounds, six assists, um, plus six, 39 points in 42 minutes. Um, but Boston just wouldn't go away. Marcus Mark was the real um, standout for me, although Jason Tatum played 45 minutes, um, and had 31 points in that game. Um, I'm quite happy with predicting a seven game. And I think the, the Celtics are just going to come out on top. And I also think Kyrie and KD might break down a little bit because we're just, you know, they're asking far, Nash is asking far too much of him. Al, um, anything on Celtics Nets that I haven't already covered? No, I think you've covered it all. I think it's going to go seven as well. I think I had four, three as well for Boston. Um, no. If Boston had Robert Williams, I think it would be over like 4-1, 4-2. They've got no one to defend the rim. And I think that's why Kyrie's going going to go off probably every game. He's got to get to the rim when he wants. Um, And if he comes back, I think it might end the series quite quickly. But I think, yeah, they're asking too much of two players, basically. And I don't think think Ben Simmons is going to play, but you never know. No, I've counted him out personally. 
Yeah, same. But I don't think he will. Um, but you never know. They might throw him in if they're desperate. But um, yeah, I think it's going, it's going seven. It's an exciting series, actually. Um, really probably the exciting. Most exciting. Probably the most exciting series in round one. Yeah, and certainly the closest game from round one. Will, anything we didn't cover on that nail-biting Jason Tate and buzzer being? Oh, it was the first ever buzzer-beating playoff winner in the Garden in 380-odd playoff games, which Bill Simmons That's a hell gleefully... of a stat. Yeah, yeah, Bill Simmons gleefully told me that one this morning. Um, I had to hear his take. He was there, said it was just insane, um, you know, the, the, the camaraderie amongst the Boston fans there. You know, the, it, it really was an amazing game to watch. Um, but, yeah, sorry, Will. Any thoughts from you, final closing thoughts on Celtics next? And who do you think is going to win? Uh, I also had Celtics Nets at 4-3 to Boston. Um, I actually thought, obviously, yeah, the Nets defence isn't good. But shout out Bobby Brown, um, his defense on Jalen Brown. Like I really, really enjoyed that, particularly in the first half. That was my favorite thing about the game was Brown on Brown. Some really, yeah. really, really good defense. You know, like disrupting passing lanes, like forcing him into like not not good shot selections. Um, I was really impressed with Bobby Brown in that first half. Uh, Bruce Brown, sorry. Completely agree. Yeah, and it's a great example of when the. Sorry, mate. I was to say definitely not Bobby Brown. No, uh, it's a really good example of when the box score doesn't show what a player's really done. Because he had 37 minutes, uh, shot, you know, 66% from the field, but he only shot three uh, field goals. One of them was a three-pointer, didn't go to the line at all. Only one rebound, two assists, only two steals and zero blocks. I thought he might have had a block or two, but um, I agree with you. He was just everywhere. And, you know, the Nets' biggest problem is defending. Everyone hangs 100 on him, no matter who you are. Um, so, you know, to have any sort of defensive stalwart can only really help them. Um, on to the third matchup. These matchups are amazing. Um, I'm going to go to Will for the Bucks versus the Bulls. They are game one in. That that went 93-86 a couple of nights ago. So only seven points in it. Will, what happened in game one? Bucks, Bulls. Uh, classic Eastern Conference playoff 90s shit show, really. Um, <laughs> you know, just... Some pretty poor offense. Um, I mean, the, the first quarter, um, you know, you, th- you thought Milwaukee, oh, they're just they're going to absolutely steamroll them. I mean, I thought that before the season started. I thought I was being generous going 4-1 buck, bull, uh, Bucks. I thought it was generous to give the Bulls one. Um, but yeah, they, in fairness to the Bulls, like they somehow managed to contain... Milwaukee over the last three quarters and you know kept kept it in not exactly interesting but prevented it being a blowout um but yeah I to be honest I don't think this is this will be indicative of how the series is going to go um am I right am I right having it as a sweep well I mean I I would be very unsurprised I think of all the series this is perhaps the most likely to be a sweep in my mind. Um, yeah. Just how, how, you, how the hell is going to stop Yanis? He's, he's, he can't. So. True. Uh, how do you agree? Yeah, it's a terrible matchup for Chicago. They've got no one to guard Yanis. And the, when the Bucs just turn on that defence, everyone locks in, they just can't. They won't be able to score in this series. They just won't. 
What's um, quite interesting is that Chicago and Milwaukee are only 90 miles away. So um, the Bulls actually flew home after the game, even though they're playing again, obviously, tomorrow night. Um, Alex Caruso started. That was a bit of a headline. Um, it was Zach Levine's first ever playoff game. He did 37 minutes, 6 of 19 from the field. Him and Vucevic both went 2 of 10 from 3. So they shot only 18% from 3. Although, you know, the Bucks weren't that much better at just 26% um, as well. Yanni had 27, 16 and 3 with 5 turnovers um, Drew Holiday played quite nicely um, I think it's going to be a sweep but I hope uh, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan get a win you know, personally, just because I like those guys I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of this Bulls team I, I, think, I think the 46-36 record even flatters them a bit um, obviously I know they did have you know a few injuries um over the second half of the season but i don't it's not a particularly well constructed team in my opinion uh, some massive holes uh, and do you i think, think do you think this is the most regular season team in the like the top part of the east do you think they're built to win games in the regular season because that's what i think with this bulls team it's I, like yeah. I, I think that's being generous to them to be honest i don't even think they're because that's what you'd say about that Hawks team five, six years ago, or whatever, that won 60 games. That's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, it's like a not, not quite as good version of them, basically. Yeah. They're, yeah. Just, they're, they're an above average team, but like, yeah, there's nothing. I don't I, I don't know. I just don't find anything interesting about this Bulls team. DeRozan is a nice story this year. Don't get me wrong. Um, we, we spoke we spoke quite similarly about the New York Knicks this time last year. Do you remember they made the playoffs and we were all like, they really shouldn't have been that high a seed. They were like the fourth seed or something. Yeah. Got absolutely got ruined. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, 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 I think they similar. scored like over 85 points once in the playoffs in those five games. They just couldn't quite. score. And I, think, yeah. and I think it's the same with Chicago. I think they're going to have issues um, throughout this series. And, you know, they're playing, a, they're playing the defending champs, mate. Exactly. And Yanis Yanis takes no nights off, does he? That's one thing we've learned about Yanis. There are no nights off. Um, He's he's going to be resentless. resentless, And I think Vucevic is going to be having nightmares after game three and four. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Good. Well, Al, we're coming to you now for the 76ers Raps, which I have the Raps winning in seven. Uh, What a game that was. 131 76ers, Raptors 111. Um, Sorry, I've got the Raps to win in seven. Um, I didn't have a lot of faith in the 76ers team um, post the Harden trade. Uh, What happened in game one? Looks like a bit of a blowout. The Raptors done. I I had the Raps in six as well. um, Wow. Thinking that all of these long, like six foot nine dudes would be able to just like, strangle Harden and they wouldn't be able to score and Embiid wouldn't be as good. So you're talking I mean, about Siakam, Anunobi, yeah, Scotty Barnes. Barnes. But everything that Thaddeus Young as well, just like a lot of hordes of them just being thrown at Embiid. But anything that could have went wrong went wrong for Toronto in that game one. Um, basically, Harden got the ball out of his hands constantly. Every time they were throwing doubles at him, they shouldn't have bothered. And Tyrese 14 Maxey. assists. 14 yeah, assists Tyrese, from Harden last Tyrese, night. Good shot. Tyrese Maxey just went insane. Just went absolutely insane. Yeah, we, I know Will. Will, you're, got, Will's itching to talk about Tyrese Maxey. Will, give us 30 seconds. What the hell happened there? He turned into Kobe for 38 minutes. It was his um, sort of, you know, what's the phrase? Like his coming out game, as it were. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously people people like us who just, you know, follow, you know, follow NBA all the time. Obviously, you know, we know who he is. But I think for 
people who don't really follow basketball, I think this this is the the game that they'll be like, oh, who's this kid? Never heard of him before. Um, yeah, he was he was locked in. Um, I think you know, obviously, with uh, the Raptors having Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. out through injury, you know, it gave him a lot more license. Um, and you know, Harden obviously was you know he was in point guard mode. Um, yeah, I think it was good. It was good game planning from the Sixers. They obviously that was what they went for. They're like, right, Harden's going to be the creator, and we've we've got faith in Maxi to you know just shoot lights out and he did and fair play to him really i'll back that up with, with what the stats say so maxi was 14 of 21 5 of 8 from 3 for 38 points um and tobias harris backed him up 9 from 14 3 from 5 from 3 26 6 and 6 and bead only had 19 and 15 which sounds like a lot but he was 5 of 15 and bead's never still had a good game in the playoffs Mm. You want to look back at what he still never had a good game in the playoffs. 19 uh, and 15 is not bad, Al. He double doubled at least. He, he did, but like for supposed to be the MVP, supposedly, he had one block and no steals. He was plus 16, so I'll give him that. But he still not had a proper Embiid game in the playoffs. The Harden was only 6 17, but he did have 14 assists. Um, but the Raptors are done, mate. You can't <laughs> lose. They lost Scotty Barnes to an ankle injury, so he's probable until game four. They lost. Daddyus Young to a how what they now say is a hand ligament problem. He's questionable for the rest of the series. And Gary Trent Jr., who played 26 minutes, has got a non-COVID illness. Apparently, mm-hmm. he can barely walk. So, mm-hmm. five, three of their top eight are now unavailable to at least Game Four. Um, Could be all over by then, pretty much. This is over. This is over, mate. If you've got Nick, like an eight-man Nick rotation, Nash. yeah, an eight-man Nick rotation, Nash, three of them are done. Yeah, yeah three Nick, of them Nick out. can only do so much, can't he? Um, one storyline that no one's really talking about that I didn't read in any of my um, homework on this um, Raptors 76ers matchup is that 76ers had three turnovers as a team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, to be fair, Raptors only had eight, but can you believe that? So Tyrese Maxey with that line, that 38 minutes Al just told us about, 38 points in 38 minutes, four rebounds, two assists, zero turnovers. And MB, Joel MB, 19 and 15, zero turnovers. Bear, bear um, in mind, that's not just any team. That's a team with James Harden playing like 40 minutes on it as well. Indeed. He had one turnover in 40 minutes. So, um, so that won't, that won't sustain. Yeah, that one's yeah. the same. But they were they did shoot fifty percent from three. So yeah. you know, that's gonna help put one thirty on anyone, basically. It's an odd game, but I think the Raptors are now seriously undermanned for the rest of the series. I haven't got much hope, to be honest. Indeed. Injuries might have robbed them. Um let's go over to the West. Suns versus Pels. Uh Suns in four. Um I had the Suns Pels uh in my preseason prediction four one. I gave the Pels um one win. Um, out, out this, um, it's going to be a five-game series for me. I still feel pretty good about that. Al, uh, can you give us one minute on Suns Pearls game one? Yep. Yeah, no problem. So it seemed like so the Suns turned up to play, like they've been like taking it easy for the last couple of months. You wouldn't think that from their record, but like they've been taking games off and like Chris Paul's been in and out of the lineup. Him, Booker, and Aiton were awesome in this game, basically all three of them, and it was never really that close. Um, the Pearls tried; they put up some good numbers. Oddly, uh, Valensunas had 18 and 25 rebounds, um, <laughs> which, which 13 of them were on the offensive board. So he was like killing it on the glass. But and they were getting lots of second chance points, but they just couldn't hang with the Suns in the end, who look like a seasoned team right now. 
And that's despite Jay Crowder only scoring one point as well. Bridges not doing too much. Um, so you fear for New Orleans at the moment. But I suppose the big the big uh, question about this is, is Zion going to play? And nah. when is he going to play? True. Will, have you got an answer for that? What what your NBA source is saying, Will? Nah. We won't Why see not? Him. Why not? He's playing full five-on-five practice practice right now. Why is he not playing? As something, I mean, think about how secretive they were with his broken foot that no one knew about. Mate, until... This is the playoffs, mate. This is the I know playoffs. What, I, know, I know what you're saying. I, I just don't trust New Orleans to make the right decision. He's throwing down 360 tomahawks in warm-ups, Will. In warm-ups and taking videos. Why is I'd he not like playing? I'd like he's to never gonna, because he's never going to play for them again if he doesn't play in these playoffs. I'm telling you. It's one or the other. Why wow. is he not playing? You guys have got some really strong takes because, Will, are you still standing by Zion Williams? Will not Williamson will not play more than, was it 400 games, NBA games? Oh, yeah, he won't come close. Wow. Has he played 80? Has he played 80, a full 82 yet? No. no. I think he played 80 games. Someone was saying it's 80 games over three seasons. I think it was 80. Right, so, so uh, to get to 400, that means, you know, it's this for 15 years. Like, <laughs> to know. Uh, how much do we love Chris Paul, guys? I oh, mean, oh, respect. Oh, oh, he's, an he's, an arsehole, he's an arsehole, mate, but he's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you can respect him. You don't have to like him. 30-10-7 and seven last night. 12 of 16, 4 of 6 and 3. It's just like awesome. Point God. Yeah, awesome. Is, is Devin Booker finally turning into Kobe Light? I predicted it years ago. He is Kobe Light, and I think Light is the word. I think he passes Paul, it far too much. Without, wow. Chris Paul, without Chris Paul on this team, they wouldn't be this good. Yeah. They wouldn't be. So, mm, yeah, Light. Kobe Light is probably the right, the right way to put it. Can we give CJ McCollum or Brandon Ingram any props? Or are uh, they not deserve yeah. it? Yeah. No, again, like had a decent game. Ingram's been good for the last few months as well. He didn't shoot very well last night, but you know someone's got to take the shots, and they'll have better games than they had last night. And I think they will win one or two in this series. They'll have a couple of good games. Probably, we'll probably take one at home. Um, Fair enough. Will, will probably, anything to add? What do you think uh, this is going to be? You don't, you haven't predicted a sweep. Are you four-one, same as me? Uh, yeah, I, I can, I can see. I think New Orleans have got enough talent to take one at home. Um, so yeah, I went four-one. But I mean, this Suns team, you know, they, they've got, you know, they've got that revenge mission to go on. They just look, they look like a complete team. I think that's the best way to describe them. They're just, they've got everything. There's no major holes. You, you might argue, sort of front court depth is a bit iffy. But apart from that, Suns in five, yeah, yeah. Isn't it interesting, gents, that the top three West teams will all have home court advantage in the finals? Because Phoenix Suns finished with a regular season record of sixty-four and eighteen, which is just remarkable. Um, didn't finish that strong either, six and four in their last ten. Then it was the Grizzlies with fifty-six wins. Then it was Golden State with fifty-three. Miami, that quietest ever Eastern one seed, won fifty-three as well. But I think all three have to tie break for some reason. Um, so. If, you know, we do get a finals, as many people are predicting, of, of Bucks suns it will be the Suns or, you know, if Grizzlies go that far, or Golden State, that will have home court advantage. Big disparity between the East and the West this year, gents, overall, Al? It was strange because the East started off so strong, but I think it petered off a little bit. I think they're quite even conferences, you know. 
Mm. But I think I think they are quite even conferences. I don't think there's a massive disparity right now. No, this this was the first season where I genuinely thought like, is the is the East better than the West now? I th- I, th- I think it's even. Um, although in interconference matchups, I know the East did win like by two games or something this year for the first time in like ten years or something. But it's pretty much even. I would oh, say it's only, it's, only, it's only taken these 15 years of drafting at the top of the draft to even yeah. get that left. So you'd expect it at some stage, shouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, take us to the first uh, series that we're going to mention where the lower-seeded team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, beat uh, the second-seeded Memphis Grizzlies in a 130-117 game a couple of nights ago. Um, what did you think on that? Uh I mean, as a spectacle, it was fantastic. It was a great game of basketball. Um, like, pretty even. I mean, obviously, you know, Wolves won by 13, I think it was, in the end. Um, but, you know, like, for the first three quarters, like, it was no idea. It was only really sort of towards the end where I felt that Minnesota pulled away. Um, Ant-Man is, is already is already a superstar. The thing is, I was saying to someone the other day, I think Minnesota have the two best players um, uh, in this series. Wow. That's a big shout. I think Edwards, I think I would rather have Edwards and Towns over Ja Morant at this point still. Don't get me wrong. Like Ja Morant is phenomenal. I just, I'm super high on Edwards. Um, and I think, you know, he, like you show, saw in the playoff game, uh, play-in game, like he carried he carried the Timberwolves through that game, really. Um, and again, in, in game one, he was 12 of 23, something like that. Uh, 36 yeah, points. Yeah, bang on. 12, 12 of 23, six assists, two rebounds, uh, plus 12 in 40 yeah. minutes. That's yeah. Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. In his first ever playoff game, I believe. Exactly. Will. Yeah, on the, on the road. He's got no fear. Um, I, he's, he's a superstar already. Um, and I think... You know, I, I didn't really understand it. Like, you know, when the Timberwolves and they won that playoff game and they massively celebrated it and everyone's like, oh, what are you celebrating? It was only the play. And it's like, well, no, but success is success, you know. Um, this this is, apart from that Jimmy year, which was a weird one for them, although they did make the playoffs, you know, this is the first sort of positive season that they've had in ages. Since KG's era, right? Well, exactly. Because that even though they did make the playoffs in that Jimmy Bucket season, there was still kind of a bit of a negative vibe around the team, you know, so fair play to them for celebrating and they've taken that on. They've taken game one. Uh, it was weird though. Steven Adams just, he, I mean, he didn't have a, he didn't pull a snow cat line. Um, yeah, Pretty they, close. He only had three rebounds. That was the only thing. One turnover. Single, he didn't take a single shot. Didn't take a shot. Didn't take a free throw. Didn't take a three-pointer. That's not entirely unsurprising. Minus 13 in 24 minutes. Let's go back to that best two players. Al, who are the best two Grizzlies? So it's definitely Jar Moran. Is it Desmond Bain or is it Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr.? Uh, it's a good question. Um, it's probably it's probably Jackson for his D. I do like Bain a lot. Yeah, so Triple J and Jar. Oh, Morant being, you know, worse overall as, yeah. a, as a twosome than Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I can get on board with that. Well, I think you're spot on. Yeah, I, I can as well. But I think Jar's better than Towns. I still think Towns is soft. He had a good game. He had a good game the other night. But his playing performance was horrific. He, he was bad as Lonzo Ball was. 
who's my least favourite player, by the way. <laughs> um, um, but he, I think Towns will be up and down in this series. I think this series has got a long way to go. Oh yeah. Well, final word. For, final word for me on this. There was one massive irregularity, which is that the Timberwolves only shot twenty-seven free throws. John Morant had twenty attempts on his own, forty-three as a team. Um, they only hit thirty-two of them, so they left eleven points. They ended up losing by thirteen. But you know, when they can lose by thirteen, despite having a sixteen extra free throws edge. Um, I wonder if, you know, Memphis, uh, you know, I wish I could maybe go back. I, I've got Memphis to win this 4-1. I'm now starting to think it might be, you know, 4-2 Timberwolves. Um, final predictions from you guys after game one on how this series is, is going to wash out. I've still got Memphis 4-2. Yeah? I've, I've still got Memphis 4-2 as well. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I think, I think, I think I the Timberwolves made a, lot, made, a lot, made a lot of mid-range jumpers in that game, mate. Yeah. A lot of things that won't fall usually. If they're not um, getting to the if they're not getting to the rim very much, then that's a lot of jump shots you need to rely on. So I think that might be an issue for them. Looking at it from the other side. Fair. Going over to me now. Golden State Warriors versus Denver Nuggets. Just to caveat this for all listeners and anyone who's missed it, I have predicted the Warriors to be the 2022 NBA champ. So um, naturally, I've gone with a 4-2 win. I'm very happy for the Golden State Warriors in this series against the Nuggets. They won 123-107 a couple of nights ago. And um, from what I could tell, completely neutralized the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, who um, you know I absolutely love. I expected big things from Denver this year, even without um, MPJ and um, how me out gents who's the other guy that's missing not gary harris not will barton yes uh and missing murray uh all season um i had really high hopes for them Jokic certainly didn't disappoint played you know if not all 82 very close um neutralized in this one minus 19 in 35 minutes shot the ball amazingly it's Jokic, the mvp of course he's going to 12 of 25 from the field couldn't hit three on four attempts and only went to the line twice which seems a bit strange 10 rebounds six assists uh, who the Warriors threw at him, I don't know. I'd imagine it was a lot of Draymond, maybe some um, Kavon Looney, maybe some Bielixa, maybe K- Kaminga got four minutes. I don't know what, why Steve Kerr hates um, Jonathan Kaminga so much. Iguodala's back at Golden State. Uh, he played um, 13 minutes, uh, was plus 11. And Otto Porter Jr., plus 21, a game high, along with... Um, Draymond Green at plus 21 in 29 minutes there. Um, This team, to me, just looks stacked. Uh, This Golden State team, I think they're hitting their stride right at the perfect time. I think Steve Kerr's planned this all year. Um, I think Clay Thompson's only going to get better. He lives for the playoffs. You've got a healthy um, Steph Curry, um, which, although he only played 22 minutes, so he didn't start this game looking at the box score, but in 22 minutes, 16 points. Four uh, assists, three rebounds, one turnover. And Denver Nuggets just look a little bit listless. Uh, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, Monty Morris, uh, Bones Highland got 17 minutes. He had a few good games this season. Um, 
I don't know. It felt like this one was out of hand pretty early. Golden State ripped them apart in the second quarter, 32-20, um, and then 32-23 in the third quarter. Um, so, yeah, I think Golden State are fully in control, and I think the Nuggets are going to go home. I kind of wish I hadn't predicted 4-2, as I think this could be a sweep. Feels like Golden State's got their number. Am I being too harsh, Al? Nuggets still got a series in them. No, nah, no, nah, this is barely a series. As soon as this was, <laughs> as soon as this was called, this is the worst matchup for Denver. They've got no guards. They've had no guards all season. You've got Will Barton basically against Steph, Jordan Paul, and Clay Thompson, like, and just a load of guys that just aren't good enough. And they're missing MPJ and, and Murray too much. Um, they can't really do anything. Jokic can't do it all. They've got absolutely Fair. You've, you've zero, always said that. zero chance in this series. <laughs> Will, Will, do you agree with all that? Because I think I do. I think Al's nailed it. It's, it's hard to argue against it. Um, I think Bones Highland is still a year or two away. And, you know, I think Austin Rivers is like their other guard off the bench. <sighs> yeah, it's Bones Highland, Austin Rivers, Monty Morris, and they got one other PG. No, that is, oh, Campazzo uh, did not play suspended by league. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah, well, he pushed, he I pushed mean, someone I... in the back. I think it was against Grizzly. I think he played a Memphis game late on in the season. Um, and well, I, I don't think he's a difference maker. Let's just put it that way. No, no. <laughs> he plays hard, but everyone hates him, as Al always reminds us. Um, look, one one storyline from this, of course, is Jordan Poole. Right? Marcus Smart was the guy that went apeshit in the game I watched. I think every game's just got an unusual superstar. We've talked about Tyrese Maxey. It was Jordan Poole in this one, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's 30 points in 30 minutes. He outscored Carney. It's not a surprise. He's done it loads of times this season. When he starts, he's really good. He's actually better starting than coming off the bench. And they're saying that, Cu- that Curry, for the whole series, might just come off the bench and play wow. limited minutes. Because he's not, well, he's not fully healthy yet. And he's come back yeah. from that injury. So why risk him against a team that's not got any really like problems for you? Like, yeah. why, uh, why <laughs> risk him? Why risk him? You know, Jokic can score fifty, and they'll probably still lose. Yeah. What was your prediction before? What was your prediction before game one? And then we just go to Will for closing thoughts on I had four ones. I didn't pick any sweeps. Fair. But I would, cha- I would Fair. change it to a sweep now. Fair. Will. Well, I thought Curry was going to be out for a lot longer than he was. I actually went purely on Jokic. I went four three, just because I thought Jokic is going to drag them through a few games they're not going to have Steph maybe at all but obviously I did my predictions before the play-in so I'm a bit out of date um obviously that's not I'd be amazed if that's even close to be honest <laughs> fair um final matchup is uh my Dallas Mavericks the Luka Doncic uh, Dallas Mavericks versus the Utah Jazz Jazz took this one 99-93 it was quite a Hard fought affair, despite the lack of uh, of Doncic. Utah, I find very boring. Um, you know, I'm glad I'm I'm not taking this match up. Uh, what happened in game one, and what are your predictions? So, as you said, it was fairly close. Utah led from like midway through the second quarter and just sort of kept them at arm's length. Um, despite Donovan Mitchell having a terrible first half, he made 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 up for it in the second half and basically put thirty on them. Um, and they pulled away towards the end, but it was quite hard fought. And Dallas played really well considering. They didn't have basically their star player and they are not going to have him. It doesn't look like the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, like if, if Dallas lose another one at home, they're in big trouble. I, I can't see them getting, 
getting anything out of this series, to be honest, anymore. If they lose the next one, it's all real. What do you think of the Mavs front front court, Al, with uh, Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber, who just neatly always divide the minutes, put in very similar. So Kleber was two of seven, Powell was two of six. Powell had 22 minutes, Kleber had 24. Um, Powell was plus nine, Kleber was minus 13. Um, but there are a couple of big bodies, make for an okay front court, I think. And then if you put yeah, Dinwiddie they, front to the back court... They did, a, they, have, did a good, they did a good job on Gobert, who didn't really do much in that game. They did a good job in that. They've just got no firepower. There is no firepower in that team. Jalen Brunson and Dinwiddie cannot get it done in the playoffs. Um, I don't think. It's just going to be too much for them. I agree. Will? Uh, This was an ugly game of basketball. Man to watch. Really, really ugly. Um, Utah shot it terribly as well. Like, it wasn't a good game. uh, Yeah, I... I mean, neither of these teams is, I mean, just based on on this game one, I would say both of them, whoever wins this series will get swept by Phoenix in the next round. Um, The fact that, you know, Utah needed um, Donovan Mitchell to, you know, just go insane in the fourth um, to beat Dallas without Luka is pretty damning. Yeah. yeah, it was it was just ugly. The offense was they just kept getting it was like stuck in the mud and ball movement wasn't great. Gobert didn't look particularly interested more than it. I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, Kleber and um, Powell did a fine job on him, but it also just looked like Gobert was kind of semi checked out already, like he just didn't care. So him and Donovan Mitchell hate each other. That, that I think, is pretty common news. Um, look, the Jazz finished 49-33 and 33 this season, well below, I think, everyone's expectations. I know you two believe they were going to be a real regular season juggernaut and made a very strong case um, for that as well. But look, they, they've been healthy, right? Even Conley stayed healthy. To only win 49, to be a bit lacklustre, you know, to win a game and we're, we're still not, you know, talking particularly highly um, about the Jazz. Um, bit of a disappointing season for, for the Jazz. And if, if Luca comes back, the Mavs could take this, right? No. No chance. It'll be over before he comes back. He's going to get reevaluated around game four. Oh, yeah. Al, come on. These are all these are all theatrical. It, mate, there's mind <laughs> games going on here with Cuban and um, mate, mate, he's got a Jason He's got a calf injury. If you've ever had a calf injury, you basically can't walk properly. It's true. Um, he looked bad in that boot. It's the worst type of injury. It's the worst type of injury you can get. But even if you have a hamstring or whatever, you can tape it up and strap it and you can still move. It's that calf is the worst thing. I just don't see him coming back unless mm-hmm. like they're, they're desperate. And I think they'll already what be 3-0 was- down. What were they even anyway. thinking? Will, Will, oh. you'll probably know this better than, better than I will, but Luca was facing his 16th um, uh, tech of the season for the final game. Yeah, they, and, rescinded uh, they, they, they rescinded it, which meant he could play. And then, you know, they found out that the Grizzlies, I think, had already lost mid-game. Now, they should have had someone in a video room, right, going, right, I'm watching this Grizzlies game. That game's going to have no impact at all it on was, our seeding. Let's get let's game. It was yeah, a and it was game, like let's get Luca. Twenty-five, and they yeah. still had all the starters in. What were they what thinking? The they I mean, is that egregiously? Is that just negligence? Will the Mavs deserve this for not pulling Luca from the final game of the season? Well, they they deserve it for having Jason Kidd as their coach. <laughs> and we all remember that bump me gate. Do we all remember bump yeah, me? Yeah, well, with his video? with his drink that he knocked on the floor, so they had to time out to clean it up. 
Al, this is what you're dealing with. I hear what you're talking about with the car strain, but if there is any news, we've got Jason Kidd controlling whether or not we hear it, and I'm sure all he wants yeah. to do is play mind games That's with true. Jazz. That's true, but I'm actually high, I'm higher on this Jazz team than you two. Like, I think they can give the Suns at least like a six-game series in the next round. Wow. I on, really man. do not like this Dallas team from top to bottom, apart from Luka Doncic. I think no firepower. It's trash, mate. You get rid of Paul Zingas for Dinwiddie and Bertans. Bertans couldn't even get on the Wizards team. They were so so desperate to get rid of him, but they couldn't snatch their hand off. And the rest of the team is just like, it's just bodies, isn't it? They haven't yeah. really got anyone else to go to. Brunson's all right, but apart from that, it's... if I was Luca, I'd be a bit pissed off playing with all these guys, you know. I probably would be. It feels like, do you know what it feels like? It feels like the bronze first eight seasons in Cleveland. Cleveland. It really does. <laughs> seven, yeah, his first seven. Yeah, seven. But his best yeah. teammate was like Larry Hughes for like the first Or Anton years. Jameson. He got or Anton, Anton for a bit. Or Shaq, yeah, a really old yeah. Shaq. And it's like, can I please play with anyone who's even average? Yeah, so, Zid- he made Zadrunas Ilgauskas look like a Hall of Fame centre, didn't yeah, he, Yeah, he did. He actually did. Like, Bron made everyone look awesome, but... I think the ineptitude is the organisation, and that's that's the problem, and that's why he was in that game late on when he shouldn't have been. And like, it would he be looked, a good he series. He looked pretty depressed. He was in dressed in all black, eating popcorn hey, when I, I saw you, him on the sidelines. If, if you know your calf's gone, that's not a short term thing. If it's bad, like that could be a while. We might Fair. not see. Gents, that was such a good wrap up of uh, all the uh, game ones. I do want to quickly rush back. This is the accountability pod. So we are going to talk about some of our predictions. Uh, we've already talked about uh, the Lakers and Al and Will being spot on there, particularly talking about oh, wow. um, G- GM LeBron um, and how many minutes they had. Sorry, Will, were you going to say something? I was going to say I was not spot on with the Lakers. I had them like 50 plus wins. I thought, yeah, LeBron will get you 20. AD will get you 15. Westbrook will get you 15. Just individually sitting the other two. Um, so, yeah, hands up. Yeah, I've got to have my hands up. I had them winning, you know, 54 or something as well. So, Al, all right, we'll give you uh, most of the credit there. Let's go to the Suns. Al, you said you weren't sure how much DeAndre Ayton would be better this year. But if he could replicate his playoff success, because he did very well. He got to the finals, of course, in that yeah. very weird year last year. Ended up being beaten by the Bucks in six. But if uh, he, he could be awesome this year. I had him in my fantasy team. He put in a good year. It's a weird contract year for Ayton as well, because I think it's Sava or the Sons are just being their usual tight purse strings. Haven't really made a decision yet on Aiton. Um, has Aiton been good? The, you know, has he impressed you well? Yeah, he's had a really good year. Like, I think he's been playing at the same level that he was in the playoffs, which is exactly what we wanted to see. And that's why they've done so well this year, along with the other two. And they've been generally healthy all year, apart from that late True. injury that um, Chris Paul had for a while. Um, yes. They've basically been healthy the whole season. Um and, they just point. and that was the playoff story, wasn't it? They were the only ones that could stay healthy last year and, with the Bucks. And they've, been, and they've been smashing everyone. So, Yeah, what a he- heck of a regular season. Will, uh, what do you think about DeAndre Ayton specifically? Is he taking that next step for you? Um, yeah, I think he's he's just quietly gone about his business. There's been so much nonsense going on everywhere else in the league. I think he's kind of gone a bit under the radar. Like his, you know, he's been great on defense as he has been the last couple of years, but like he's been so reliable offensively for them. Um, like I know he was, I think he was shooting over 60% overall. It was definitely over 35% from three. 
uh, may have been like 37 or something you know good solid um on offense reliable um yeah and fair play to him to be honest uh, he's not a big stocks man is he will for someone of his size no but i think he does affect the way teams play around the rim a lot you know he's not like he's like the antithesis to like hassan whiteside who gets all the stocks but actually is a you know, he's a net negative on defense in a lot of ways, Hassan Whiteside. Whereas I think Aiton's the opposite. Like he'll make sure he's in the right position to like ward teams off, you know, the, the high percentage shots. Yeah, and, and he then- wouldn't get as many three second calls. It feels like his IQ's quite good as well, Aiton's. And and obviously Chris Paul is making everyone look good on that team, right? We all agree with that. Yeah. Good. Um, we wondered if Yanis's jumper would be nicer this year in terms of like form and like hang. I think it certainly has. I think Yanis might be the hardest working guy. I think if someone said to me who works right. the hardest in the NBA, I'd probably say Yanis. Al, who's who's who works on their craft and on their game and addresses weaknesses and is you know got that Kobe Mamba first in last out of the gym mentality for you. Is it Yanis or got any other probably candidates? Is, you know. It probably is. Like his jumper looks better. It's, I don't think it's been going in anymore. Um, but it definitely looks nice than it was. But yeah, he I think he is the Iron Man in that sense. And you, you can see that like every game, he just wants to play. And he just wants to play hard every game. And he will play every game as well, unless he's told not to. So he probably is, you know. Will, is he is Yanis the hardest worker on his craft in the whole leagues? 450-odd players. Um, I mean, he, I'm sure he's, you know, he's up there. I, I, I won't say he's in the top one. Uh, that's for Brian Clough to do. I, I'm not. I'm not sold on his jumper being any better, though. His shooting. Um, I, th- I we'll think. We have, he- we'll have to fact check that. We we'll do some basketball references and see his season split. So I would imagine they've improved marginally every season. I think he oh, shot yeah. worse than three this season. I think his three has not been nearly as good as it was last year. Well, say yeah. that it hasn't. It hasn't randomly gone in as much as it did last year. <laughs> basically. <laughs> Like, I think it's a bit random with him. I think he'll have good three-point seasons, but it'll just sometimes it will just go in more than other times, and it won't. So well, we we uh, should talk about um, his MVP case because Jokic won the MVP in 72 games last year. Darling said yes, he was a worthy winner. I said, was this one of these weird Westbrook, Steve Nash two-timer years? He said no, he's the best passer. He was worthy. Al, you agreed. We said last year it was between Jokic and Embiid. Do we think it's between Jokic and Embiid this year? I'd actually throw Yanis in there as well. I think it's between the three of them, but I think Jokic should win it. And we all said the NBA loves doing a back-to-back MVP. So, Al, who's your MVP this year? It's Jokic by a hair from Embiid and then Yanis in third for me. Will? Uh, Well, last time I tossed the coin, I think it came up. Jokic, but I, it it's negligible whether it's yeah, him it's or Embiid. If, if it was either, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think anyone could complain if it was either of those two, to be honest. Embiid's scoring has been something else. First centre to win the scoring title. LeBron, of course, missed 57-game eligibility. I think he played 55. Otherwise, LeBron in year 19 would have got another scoring title. Instead, it's gone to Embiid. First centre. Um, is he changing the game, gents? Are we starting to see the big man be re-embraced by the NBA after, you know, a decade long of Clays and Stephs and Westbrooks and Hardens as MVP? Well, I mean, these, you know, as with everything in life, these things are cyclical. Um, yeah, it's a pendulum, isn't it? It swings one way and it swings back the other. 
in yeah. a couple of years it'll be all guards again so there'll be no big insight but yeah at the moment we've got three like really like premium quality centers isn't it basically you can call Yanis a center as well but like it could be they could those three if they're healthy they could win mvp every season probably for the next five years like yeah. so be one of one of them will be in the mix every time will trey young ever win an mvp will yes or no I mean, I'll say yes, just because I don't think it's impossible. Nice. Al? No, no chance. I don't think so. I think he might be a bit too small and slight. I think Jar might have a better... Jar's had a great year Um, PR-wise. I don't know if it's just because I've started following him on the gram, so I get a lot of Jar content. But his dunks are just insane. It feels like he can do it all. And maybe I'm suffering from recency bias a little bit, but halfway through the season, I remember having a bit of a debate with everyone on, on the fancy team WhatsApp group going, is Trey really delivering this year? And he was. Everyone made a really staunch defence. Just go, actually, Joe, if you look at his numbers, he's up in virtually every single department. But the Hawks did not have a good year. You know, they weren't Cleveland or, um, you know, the Grizz. Um, Sorry, what were you going to say about Trey? I was about to say, I think it's really hard for any small guard to win MVP. I do. Yeah, because since Derek Rose, right? At 6'2". Because, because, yeah. because, because their D's not good enough as well. So you'll always have that negative against you. And you'll always have some small forward that can play both sides of the ball. That can put up the same stats pretty much. Like, Agreed. and they've probably got a better argument. Or a centre that can play both ends of the floor. That's probably got a better argument as well. Um, so it's hard for a small guard, I think. Extra hard to win. Unless they go mental. Like mental. But yeah, yeah, like supernova. Yeah, but it's too difficult almost to do that now. It almost is yeah, too difficult yeah, for I one agree. person and to do that. And I think the lead's getting taller as well. Um, what do yeah, you think, Will, Will, last last uh, point from you on this? Well, I mean, I'd say, you know, Steve Nash went back to back. I mean, he wasn't as small as Trey, but he's still pretty small. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Chris yeah. Paul Chris Paul probably could have had an MVP at some point. Yeah, smaller than Trey. But but Steve Nash wasn't a scorer either. He was like completely different in that sense. Good score, obviously, but like he was the Stockton, wasn't he? The all assists, basically. So so sick, so sick on assists. I think it's hard. That small scoring guard's just a gunner. He's just a gunner. He's like one of the best gunners in the league, but he is a gunner nonetheless. Agreed. And that long range jump shot looks money every time it leaves his hands. Um, that's enough about Trey. I find him fascinating. Uh, I agree with that. I don't think he'll ever get an MVP. I think Atlanta had a bit of a disappointing season. But if you just purely look at his numbers, I could make a Trey Young MVP case, I'm sure. Um, Al, you said Dallas might finish fifth or sixth this year. And of course, they finished fourth, fourth. 52 fourth, and 30, yeah. eight and two in their last 10. Did you underestimate the Dallas Mavericks, Al? I think it was pretty close. Um, maybe a little bit. I think they were healthier than I thought they'd be, actually, because Paul Zingas played a lot of games before they finally had enough of him. Um, and they were pretty healthy all season. Once Doncic had got that weight off and started to really play well, like really play well, he was looking like super quality in that last third of the season. Um, yeah, they stormed through, but they're lacking one player still. They're still lacking that other player that they're going to need. Um, so I think they're an over... I think they shouldn't, although they came for, I think a fifth or sixth seed was probably more accurate to how good they are. Fair, uh, fair. Um, we actually should have gone really earlier in the pod when uh, we went to Al for the game one breakdown of 76ers wraps. I think we should have gone to Will because looking back from my notes from episode 39, Will, you said the Raptors Sixers is one of your favourite playoff matchups and you've got it again this year. Um, yeah. are, you, are you excited by it? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I, I picked the Raptors 
to win uh, again before yeah. a few injuries. Mm. Uh, it and it doesn't look good. But I don't know. There, there's something between the two franchises. You know, they've built a bit of history over the last couple of years. Um, I I, th- I still think I still think the Raptors could win a couple there. Um, and you know, I'm going to enjoy it. That's for sure. <laughs> What about um, Melo and Lonzo? Let's talk about the Ball Brothers quickly. So, Al, you said Leangelo would, you know, be okay on what was essentially a G League Hornets team. Um, the Hornets in the East ended up finishing 10th. They were eliminated 43 and 39, a record comparable with the LA Clippers, actually, um, in the West. Leangelo was probably a big part of that. Lonzo had a weird year um, in Chicago, lots of injuries. Um, Al, you said that team, that Hornets team was a mess and they lost by 80 in a preseason game, which was a world record. Um, Anything on the Hornets for any Hornets fans listening, Al? Anything to look forward to next year, potentially, for the uh, 10th seeded Charlotte Hornets? Uh, They still need a centre. If they can get a centre, they can challenge for the playoffs next season. It's just, a mis- it's just a mystery why for the last two years they've avoided getting anyone decent who's a centre, basically. Everyone um, wants to play small ball, don't they? Yeah, but you still need a centre, like a centre, like one, like in your rotation that can at least do something. They just don't have one. Is it uh, PJ Washington still? Didn't Will pick all the Hornets frontcourt players? I think we yeah. discussed that in Will's picks last year. Will, did any and- of them end up on your final roster? No. Oh. <laughs> and like... <laughs> And like Lamelo will be better. He'll be better again next season. Yeah. Um, you know, he's had another he's had another play he's had another playing game where, you know, he's looked he looks a bit like he's still too skinny. Basically, he still hasn't got that like man strength yet. Yeah, doesn't he look too- at ease though? Al? Doesn't he really look like he belongs? Oh, no. I, I never think he looks overawed or, or Lonzo. No, no, but- oh, his IQ is like really high, but he just yeah. he needs just time. The, he just needs time for the body to develop because he's get he gets singled out on defense still. They went after him again. Like, yeah. average players going after him is not a good sign. Like, yeah. when he can't stop anyone from getting to the rings. But, yeah, he is good. Go- he's good uh, as, as a passer, awesome. Oh, know, he looks like there. he's playing, like, and one basketball on offense. Great <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his jersey watch. sales his jersey sales are through the roof for all these reasons right light on d no one really you know unless you're a yeah. big you know nba aficionado you know appreciating the marcus smarts and the drew holidays of the league you're gonna love you know a lamello ball with this yeah and one offense and you know the, the game seems to come to him really nicely i've seen some amazing passes from him this season um okay, okay we, would we, you, we will would you on. have would you have edwards or lamello because oh, Edwards, all these, Edwards. Because all these people gushed for the first six months about Lamelo, like, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, it was, it was. He should have been the number one pick, and Edwards, Edwards shouldn't have been." And I was just, and I know I think we all actually agree. We were just saying, just give Edwards a bit of time. Mm. I think he's the far superior prospect. I know far Will superior. loves him as well. He's already oh, superior. Uh, he's already a, an all star in my mind. I just, and on 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 that note. Um, the trajectory that Ant Man had in his rookie year absolutely stunk it up. The first few months, uh, I think, was pretty pretty well replicated by Jalen Green this year. I'm just going to put that True. out there. True. Yeah, that's a great yeah. analogy. Yeah, that's a good one because he was coming on strong at the end of the season as well. Yeah, you could see a big jump there next year. Yeah, big time. Ant Man's just—he really is. He's got like a. A Bledsoe uh, kind of Eric Gordon body in their prime, Mate. you know, like a he's, mini LeBron. He's built like an absolute tank. 
He is, he yeah. is, isn't he? And the hops are insane. He feels like he's got the IQ and he makes light of everything. He's one of my favourite presser or post-game conference guys to watch. And he's just so confident and like he knows he belongs. He knows he's awesome. Uh, could be an MVP in his future, maybe. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Cool. Um, guys, what are you listening to? Al, you said you were listening to Vernon and um, Kevin O'Connor. Will, you said you were listening to The Real Ones with Raja Bell. Any good podcasts, that recommendations for our listeners? I'm still loving um, Bill Simmons, and I listen to um, The Dunked On One with Nate Duncan and John Hollinger. I just think that's absolutely hilarious. The, the, the dynamic between those two is just, is just brilliant. Um, I don't personally think Nate gives John Hollinger enough respect. No, um, I but, I think, yeah. but I think that really makes it a brilliant dynamic because John is just so humble and like you know he's been in an actual back office and don't get me wrong Nate's you know his knowledge is fantastic and his insights are brilliant but sometimes I feel like he'll challenge John on something and it's just like well John's actually been there mate you know <laughs> like in a back office for the Grizzlies making these decisions but you know you can't beat that pod in terms of you know mid-level trade exceptions and all the intricacies of of, of NBA basketball if you really want to nerd out on it um and i love bill simmons um just i think he has some great guests and stuff on there al what have you been listening to mate no about the same actually so like the um any, any of the dunked on podcasts try and avoid the too much that goes into minutiae sometimes and then any bill simmons one with some basketball stuff on's always good and yeah just any of the um random other bits and pieces that come up but yeah generally there's a lot out there at the moment um, so will what have you been listening to mate uh, I mean, still, you know, real ones twice a week, Mondays, Thursdays. Um, still the best basketball podcast for me. Um, and then uh, sometimes the drive and dish. Uh, it's a couple of Philly fans, but, you know, it's sort of a league-wide one, but they're both big Philly fans, but that's quite entertaining. Uh, they're, they're probably my go-tos. Oh, good. Um, Boston, Will, you didn't like Naismith, Schroeder, Schrader, Langford. Al, you were like, no, I love Naismith. Uh, who still loves Naismith? Do we feel strongly about him for Boston? Just again, doing our accountability checker from episode 39. This was one I wanted to pick up on. Uh, he had a terrible season. So like, I feel a lot worse about him now than I did. And actually, he didn't get much game time either. So I thought he was going to come on this year as like a proper second year player. But like, I'm less enthused now, to be honest. Although he might get Boston. some more playoff run, you know. He might get some minutes yeah, in the playoffs. I hope so, because Boston had a real, you know, it was a tale of two halves, wasn't it? First yeah, half of the season. first half of the season was awful. They were shocking. Yeah. What they really changed? Were. What actually changed? Will, what, what changed for Boston? Um, I mean, I, I feel like a part of it, and I don't know this, but I feel like a part of it might have been you know, they had Brad Stevens as their coach for quite a few years and obviously bringing in uh, Ime, I reckon um, sort of, you know, that change probably took a bit of time. I'm sure he's got, you know, different ways of doing things. And obviously, you know, Stevens is still in the front office. But I think, you know, when you've got a new coach, um, I mean, obviously he wasn't there like pop length of time, but I think he was their coach for like eight years or something. Um, you know, th- it is going to take a bit of time for new ideas, new schemes to sort of, sort of, you know, get into the player's sort of routine. Um, so that, that, I mean, that's that would be my guess as to sort of what really changed. Yeah, I think that's fair. Or schedule, perhaps. I haven't got the details. Maybe second half they, of the schedule, um, a bit like the Lakers toughened up. Did Boston's ease did, up slightly? I did, did Tatum I did, and I did, Brown I step up? I, don't, I did hear that they basically struggled to implement switching. They basically weren't a big switching team last season. 
or not as much and now they switch everything and it's just taken right so they were trying to fight through screens constantly and switch yeah and and now like apparently they've mistaken they've mastered the system now so yeah it's a change of coach as well i suppose once you and remember a lot of those players were only ever played for brad stevens yeah one out so can we give time lord some credit as well he got a lot better second half of the season really good it's a shame he's out now to be honest hopefully he'll be back um you love him don't you al Oh, I think he's quality, yeah. Mate, he's got all the tools, mate. That guy can jump. It's all about people with hops as well. Like, that guy's an absolute unit, and he can get way above the ring. Um, and he was really good second half of the season. That's another reason they improved, like, proper protection. If he was in that series now, um, it wouldn't be much of a series, I don't think, because he'd just block off that ring. Um, mm. I think it's really difficult for Kyrie to get anywhere near it. So, um, yeah, it's a big miss for Boston, actually, that he's injured, and I hope he'll be back soon, but... Um, I'm not. I'm not that hopeful, to be honest, because any of these injuries don't seem to be that short term. A yeah. couple other quick fire questions, Jensen. I'm going to close up. We are slightly over schedule. Uh, Will your Houston Rockets, 20 and 62, worst um, record in the league, only won 24.4 percent of their games this season. Uh, high hopes for next year, or have we got more of this dross to come from your beloved Houston? Uh, it, was, it was perfect season. Worst record, get another, get another, you know, best odds. Um, but Jalen Green, as I said a few minutes ago, he looked like he made, he was making some really good progress. Um, Shangun um, was a bit of a revelation, particularly in the first half of the season. Um, Paul Junior, you know, he showed again the last two weeks. He averaged twenty-eight, or last three weeks of the season, he averaged twenty-eight, seven, and seven. Like he's got it there if he really puts his mind to it. Um, but I do, I do worry a bit, um, you know, about his concentration and that it's, it's not quite there, but you know, the, all the sort of potential building blocks are there in terms of, you know, future picks coming in, like the Nets, we've got the Nets pick this year, which I think is going to be 17. So, you know, we've got potentially the number one pick and the number 17 pick in this year's draft. Um, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. Will, nice. do you want to... Do you want a big man, Will? Do you want a big man in the draft this year? What's your thoughts on Houston? Um, I want defense more than anything else. Um, I think I'd, I think if if I was going to be drafted, I'd probably take Jabari Smith. To be honest, if yep. if he was available, yeah, uh, I think I think he's got. I think he's the most balanced out of any of the players, and I think he's. I think you know outside of a center he's got you know the highest upside on defense which is which is what houston really really sort of need to start looking at you don't want that weird gangly chet homegrown like seven foot three monster the um, ghoul the ghoul (laughs) terrifying looking fella i mean he'll he'll be he'll be really good for someone but i don't like i don't think he's what houston need um, you know, next season we should be looking at developing Shengun more, maybe even a power forward and getting in like a veteran big, if anything. Um, I think we need to move Wood on. I mean, he should be going to Charlotte, going back to the Hornets' lack of front court. Um, they should be they should be doing whatever they can to get him from Houston. But yeah, no, Houston needs Jabari Smith ideally um, for some defense, and then get a veteran big man. That's that's that should be the next steps if I was Raf Stone at least. But 
Lovely. Let's wrap up with playoff uh, championship picks. So I've, I've already said I've got Warriors-Bucks being the finals, and I think the Warriors are going to win that 4-2. Haven't thought yet how they're going to contain Yanis, but I'm thinking if Clay, Paul, and Durant, <laughs> this three-headed offensive beast, um, could just, you know, win out in six. Much the same way the Bucks did against the Suns, actually, in, in last year's finals. Um, Al, who is your finals matchup, the winner and the margin of win, please? So I've got the Suns to win. I've got the Suns to beat the Bucks. And I believe... Chris I've Paul's got... first Chris Paul's first championship, Al. Yeah, so a revenge mission. And I believe I've got it 4-2, but I'm just going to double check that. Um, I've not nice. got it 4-3. 4-3, actually. Seven wow, games. Game seven, NBA finals. Final. Get in. Suns, Suns to be the champs to win it at home. Oh, sorry, away to win it in Milwaukee. And that's it. Wow. Be. Oh, are you sure? Don't the Suns. No, no, it have... is at home. No, yeah. it is at home. Yeah. Yeah. Win it at home. The West has always it. got. Yeah, 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 the West is 99%. So the Suns to win it at home and to be the, the champs. Yeah, so revenge mission from last year. Interesting. Will Darling, same questions to you, my man. Um. Well, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but uh, I got the Suns over the Bucks in seven. Oh, okay. I, I, so I thought about think... in six when I was like, no, I, I actually noticed it's a thing. I never predict a team to win a win a series in a game six if they're at home, if they're going to be away. I never do it. Yeah. They, why do they always seem to mess that up? Yeah. yeah. Just that game six is always like the biggest disappointment when they should win. Yeah. Oh, great. What a brilliant pod, gents. We've got to start doing these more frequently. And I think with how compelling these game ones have been, I think um, these NBA playoffs are going to demand that that we do these more frequently. I really can't wait for a second round. Hopefully it is Suns, Mavs, Warriors, Grizz, Bucks, Celtics and Heat Raptors. Uh, But time will tell. And we will, of course, uh, be watching. Um, Any final thoughts, gents, or should we uh, should we sign off? Uh, I think we're. I think we've covered everything. We're all good. All good, good mate. Man. Al, any final thoughts, my man? Al, I'll take that as a no. Oh, no, no, <laughs> sorry, no, no, nothing from me. Okay, good. Well, I'll see you both on episode forty-one. Cheers for taking the time. All right, cheers, boys. Take care. Nice one, gents. Bye, bye.